Hey, glad to have you along with us. Coming to you from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox joining you today. The coach is at the beach enjoying the grandkids and the warmer weather, I would imagine, down that way. But glad to have you along with us. Got a little bit of politics to talk about today as far as the appellate committee. Um, they've got, I think, six uh, appeals that they're going to hear starting tomorrow. So they canceled the ones for today. So that'll all happen tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, we got some big basketball news that's going on, not only for Greenwood and Emerald, but also what's going to happen a couple nights ago with Carolina and Clemson. We'll dive into those stories a little bit. And some big wins for Lander. Both the boys and the, or the men and the women ended up winning big time uh, down there at Columbus. Uh, so we'll Get dive into those a little bit here as well. Chris, how are you, my friend? Good, man. It's it's nice and breezy outside. I love it. Um, you got mistaken as being homeless today. I, <laughs> I look homeless, <laughs> but yeah, I did. But I, that's just my nature, man. I mean, I like I said when I was in Boston all those months, man. Pretty day like this, it might be three below zero, but I'd be out, you know. But it would take your breath. This isn't so bad. And then, like I said, went out there with Clyde, helped him with the, watched him do the fryer and everything. So anyway, good to be here, man. Came today. I wasn't sure they were open, man. There wasn't so many people here, and <laughs> so I guess I. They're all saving it for tonight because you got a couple of real big studs that are going to be up here on the stage. You know, you used the right word, and you didn't see the post. That's what Ryan and, and Nick both said. Come see two big studs up here tonight. So I thought they were talking about me and you. I, <laughs> yeah, I know they're talking about themselves, but anyway, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Granger Smith and, and Nick are going to be playing up here to Howard tonight, six o'clock, six thirty, whenever they get started. So say goodbye to us and say hello to them. Yeah, so I, I imagine that's when the crowd. Start rolling. We'll find out here shortly uh, as the happy hour will begin and B Red will be making his way in. So, and I also have some great uh, sandwiches that are here. I had the hot ham and cheese today, um, that 52, as you would like to say, uh, absolutely delicious to have along with it. But the special today is the twice baked potato with a ribeye steak sandwich. So good, so good. I, yeah, and I saw you grill, George, this time. So uh, you don't always grill your I don't 52. Always. So it, you were in the mood for a little warmer sandwich today. <laughs> it was a little colder so, for me. I don't have that thicker blood that you've got. So I got plenty of you bar, so you <laughs> All right, well, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with uh, the South Carolina High School League. Of course, everybody right now has gone through. And if you missed it, uh, you know, round one was Tuesday, and we talked a little bit about that. Happyville was involved uh, just right out of the gate, as a matter of fact. They ended up splitting the vote 9-6, to six, so they are going to be appealing that. They'll be tomorrow, I think 9.30 is their appeal time uh, with the Appello Committee. So we'll uh, dive into that uh, a little bit of what they have to say. But first and foremost, before we do that, let's talk about Abbeville and what happened earlier this week and that uh, the school board elected not to go ahead and put AstroTurf down at Height Field. Now, if we want to talk about a safety issue, <laughs> since Gray wanted to use it <laughs> early in the week. Um, I, you, know, I, you know my feelings on the turf part. I'm mm-hmm. not big on it. I think it's – A better, lot of the older folks aren't. I think the better, the better it was done with the vote I know a lot of people are upset with that vote, but the problem, I, here's the thing. What you need to do before you go out and try to get a grant, like they were awarded, how much from the NFL? Uh, what, 800000 It was a lot of money. Let's just say it was hundreds of thousands that they were awarded. And a lot of times when you're dealing with stuff like that, you got to realize that sometimes there's only certain things you can use it for, and that was one of those things. So now they're walking around with a big check with NFL on it that they're really probably going to have to send back to the league. But you had to do your homework before you try to get that done. If you're, if you're, if you're Abbeville, you go to the school board and say, hey, there's a chance we can get this money. What do we need from y'all, or can you help us? And it came down to a matching. Mm-hmm. And Abel County Council decided, you know what, we're not going to match that. Just could, they couldn't. They couldn't justify and, the and thing. And so, I mean, but, you know, and I would have thought that the money they have been – plenty for height stadium to go ahead and get that done but i think the more and more i read along it came closer to almost nine hundred thousand dollars to have this project done and i mean we've seen used in a lot of projects at greenwood mm-hmm. and emerald that have been done and it i mean it takes matching funds from from the school board along with the county councils and stuff like that and this one just got denied and um it is what it is but i mean hey i, I don't know who went out to try to seek that Way to go get a grant, and maybe next time it'll be it'll be warranted, and the the county council will approve it more. And but get involved with each other first before you try to get the grant money. 
Because you got to use it for whatever you get it for, and I mean, I don't see. Could, could they use it in other upgrades though? That's a, that's another, or is it strictly just for the the, the turf? <laughs> Generally speaking, and I that's just from what I deal with in the in the little cities. I don't know about the bigger ones, but if you get like grant money for like sidescapes, there's a project that everybody from Greenwood to Troy to Abbeville to Edgefield all have that money has to be used for that. Um, there were other other things you go out and you seek the money for. So it's generally, if it had turf in it, in the agreement of the grant that you went and got, then that's what it's got to be used for. Um, I don't know what, you know, we, we were just at Northwestern for the playoff game, mm-hmm. and they had put the new, it's not turf, but it's um, it's not real grass, is it? Or is it? No, it's not real grass. It's, uh, it's, a, it's syndicated. A, syndicated. It's made out of those t- recycled synthetic. tires. Yeah. I got the wrong word, synthetic. <laughs> now, that could be an option. Because we saw how pretty that was, and we see what it, Greenwood has, and that could be an option, maybe that they just got to do a little bit more research on. But and that that might be something they could actually use that grant money that they received from the NFL to to totally pay for that. But the turf part, I've never liked it. We we played a couple of tournaments when I was playing like baseball and softball big time, and I had a knee injury from turf at LSU. And like I said, it's just when you plant that foot, my foot stayed, and it my knees. Went the other way, and like I said, I got a knee injury. So I've never been a turf guy. But like I said, I think it's a cool idea, and I think it's cool that the NFL reaches out to smaller schools, smaller towns um, to do projects like this. I just, like I said, get together before you go out and get something like this to make sure you got both sides in agreement. So. So they went well. They they went to the town and not the the school board. Correct is what ended up what it ended up happening. Yeah, so. I think the school board probably had already said, "Yeah, this is the guy. Let's go try to get it." And, but you know, I could be wrong, and maybe they will use it for something else if they can. I mean, they made some pretty good improvements to height already. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the little press boxes there, and um, <laughs> I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, I think a lot of this has to do with another school in that county. What's going on over some at Dixie? Big yeah. things going on, and <laughs> they try to get a little thing like this to get the field looking better. But um, like I said, I mean, I'm all I'm all for it. I just don't know that turf's the way to go. But if they could go with what the other schools have, mm-hmm. like we're used to, that'd, that'd be awesome, and it would look a lot better. It's a lot easier to maintain. Yeah, you just go out and sweep it. That's, that's it. You're just there. <laughs> that's I'm it. curious, though, with Greenwood and Emeralds, with their turfs and uh, and way things have gone. Now, they don't have a lot of the, the, the traffic yeah. like Northwestern does where yeah. a lot of that little rubber pieces that are in there end up getting tracked out of it. So uh, at what point do you have to order more of that and get it swept back in? So uh, that's You know, and like I said, it, it was that district uh, – what is that up there, five at Rock Hill? District three. Three. I mean, they use that field for everything, Tom. The little soccer play there, yeah. yeah. I mean, the bigger sporting events you have, they use it. They do it there, and I mean, so yeah. What you're saying with that is, yeah, you're gonna always have to maintain um, those fields at all times. And I mean, so like I said, maybe I hope everyone can do something with it, man. Maybe keep the. They want to get all the money back. Do a new scoreboard, maybe even apply it to visitor stands, something of that nature. That would that would definitely be needed. I mean, yeah, there. You know, I we talked about it at, at Greenwood, man. There's a lot of Repairs that I visit inside, our home size, I'd like to see done. But that's the kind of money you got to go get. But it's all in verbiage, wording, so you got to have all that done, and I'm not good at that. So <laughs> that's where Mr. Gleason does better at that. So I'm sure they'll, they'll fix it. And, and and like I said, I just applaud the effort to go out and get it. I, I mean, I'm sure the NFL just didn't call them and say, you want, you know, $100,000 or $500,000. I mean, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the appeal process. Um, they were denied 9-5 to five back on Tuesday, uh, trying to go from Class 2A back down to 1A. This is as sports as a whole for Abbeville. It's not just football. And over the course of the last two days uh, of the appeal process that we saw with, with the committee, um, you saw them kind of on the second day take a little more interest in the all sports rather than just the football. So I, I think it's good that Abbeville, not only did they split the vote, but – they're going to get a more sympathetic uh, a pedal committee to go along with that, I think. So the possibility they could end up in 1A. Now, they are the only um, uh, public school that is um, appealing. There are six schools that are appealing. you got uh, James Island at 9 o'clock, Abbeville at 9.30. <clears throat> Southside Christian is at 10. 
St. Joe's is at 10.30. You got Bishop England at 11, and at 11.30, you got American leadership to go along with that. So uh, Bishop England probably going to be denied their uh, – Basically trying to go from um, 4A back down to 3 or 2A. Uh, 2A is their preference. That is their Southside Christian also split the vote 9 to 5, so they've got a good chance of downsizing um, from 3A to 2A again. So we'll see how that ends up. And then uh, James Island, probably not so much. Um, They were denied, uh, I think it was 13 to 1. Was that, the final? That was the most lopsided one of the votes, I believe. Was that is one. one of those? Yeah. Um, but Appyville nine to five. I think they got a good chance. What do they have to tell the committee here uh, that they haven't already um, in order to go ahead and get this move back down to one A? All right, I'm going to ask you two things because there was one thing I didn't realize. <laughs> I was thinking the coach went to the meeting and it wasn't him. Mm-mm. It's their new lady athletic director. It's their athletic director. And I thought she did a good job. Our, our, you know, you go back and you look at her comments to the board. Uh, she went in there not aggressively and, and trying to get things done. But I think that's the thing you have to do, though, Tom. You know, the way that – what was the school that came out and just – it was Fox Creek. We don't have the facilities. And I think about Abbeville. Abbeville is a pretty old school. I've been in the gym. I've been – you know, their field looks decent. But I've been – you know, the baseball field is just a regular field. And, I mean, the gym – and I mean, there are a lot of things that can be worked on to do it. And I think maybe if she goes that route this time – they're in good shape, but I think they're also probably in good shape too because I think you seriously have to look at enrollment, um, the way that this whole multiplier thing was supposed to go, and it's not just for football. And if I was her, that would be the one thing I would bring back out and reiterate. This is, we're not talking about football. We're no, we're happy for football. We're, we are too, eh? But it's the, it's the ladies' sports and the other sports like golf, tennis and things like that where they just don't feel they're as competitive and they shouldn't have to play 2A for it. So I think if they take that approach and just kind of make two little different zones out of it to where it's like you hear me for this and then hear me for that. But I was really impressed with the way she presented it in the first place because the way it was presented, I thought they probably would have got it. It would have gotten it the second day for sure. So, I mean, it's just I, I still say, man, you go in there with, with that aggressive nature, man, they're going to shut you down. And I am surprised that Gray's not appealing again. Because they would have been just as aggressive the second time. <laughs> um, I still, though, I'm, I'm serious. I wouldn't be stunned if you don't see Gray start to look outside the box and say, we got to find somewhere else to play. Seriously, I mean. Or, or different facilities yeah. as far as your main campus goes because right. they are limited by the expansion that they can make. Right. But we, like you said, um, they're still using that multiply. I, now, and I will say this. You and I talked about it the other day. If you're going to use it for one, you got to use it for the other. You can't just use it to your advantage when you think it comes into play. So if we're going to use the multiplier, it's got to be used across the board. Um, I'm interested in the um, the one out of Lexington. Who did you say the last one was today? Uh, that'd be American Leadership. Uh, American Leadership out of Lexington. So that'll be an interesting to follow. Now, they've only got like five or six sports. They don't have a lot. And, and, and football's not one of them. Yep. And I, I wonder if Gray's going to pay attention to that one since they are in that same little gap. Because that's the next thing, Gray, I'm telling you. When it's all said and done, they come out and they realign. Gray's going to have a problem with it. They're just going to say, right, we don't want to play there. We told you where we want. Well, you've told us every time what you wanted anyway. So, And that's my negative opinion to Gray, so let's quit talking about them. But, um, I think Southside has a good shot. I'm like you about that. I think well, that, particularly since Christchurch got yeah. their appeal and they're back down to two A, uh, as you know, once again, St. Joe's I think has a good shot here as well. But but again, you're talking about. I, I think where did they put Christchurch? Three or four? They put them in three. They okay. were in four um, is where they had them, and then they were appealing to get down to three is what they're appealing. And I think the one thing that that they're looking at as far as high school league and, and Jerome and the guys is this is where one A came from. The three privates, and that was the reason that it was like just really wasn't a fair 1A division, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's why they're really looking at Abbeville like, but if we put them down, we're going to be right back in that situation at 1A again because – It is, but the numbers, even with – yeah, and, and the numbers with the multiplier have them as the fourth largest 1A, yet they're still in 2A at the very bottom of the 2A scale. I mean, I, I, I like you, I, th- I feel like she'll win the appeal. And uh, – then we'll hear the bickering about everything else. And it, it is, look, it's going to take it a little bit getting used to having Abbeville in 1A. But if you're going to use the system, you got to use it all the way through. And that's what you're talking about there. Could Abbeville take the hypothetical here? Could Abbeville say, hey, we will play 2A for football, but we want the rest of our sports in 1A? Can they divide them up that way? 
I don't know if you want to do that, though, because if, if you're going to use it for Abbeville and say that's fine there, then Gray's going to come right back and say, look, we just said we would drop from four to three and play our sports in that, but now you're kind of giving a loophole for these teams that do get denied. So I think if they come back down, they're going to have to just play it in every sport, I think, at least this year, mm-hmm. until we hear this stuff again. But I, I – I don't think Coach Nix wants to drop the two, drop the one A in football. I really don't. I mean, he's, he likes to be competitive. I mean, next realignment a possibility here that all these schools—Christ Church, St. Joe's, Gray—you um, know, all of those schools—could they go to Skiza yeah. and create their own league within the Skiza system? Have a a class five? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a really, I think that's a possibility. And if I was Jerome, then maybe I would suggest that. You know, when, because like I said. You got some really competitive teams out there. I mean, I, the scenario the other day just did not make sense. I, it was almost like an episode of Twilight Zone, <laughs> watching that the other day when the with the he was a lawyer, right? That was he was a, the he, lawyer, yeah. He wasn't the real lawyer because he's still he wasn't the big guy, Mr. Yeah. Murdoch. He's still trying to get Murdoch uh, help him out. But um, yeah, you, like I said, man, Gray would have been fine. He, he just walked in like, man, I am so and so, and I mean, we're going. This is what we're doing, you know. Like they own the high school league, but. Um, It'll be interesting to see. I do. The main thing with 1A, and I think this is where the biggest gripes were from, is from like, I can remember a team like Johnsonville. You know, they, they ran through 1A in the low country, and then they get up, and I mean, you're playing a Christchurch every year for a championship. And it's like the coach said, he said, We don't have a chance in that game. We're playing for a state championship. We don't even have a chance to play in. Um, so, in a way, they've taken the teams and they put them where they think they'll be better at or more competitive at. And I just look at it from a competitive scale, like like what we were talking about, Coach Nick. I would want to play in 1A. I would want to stay where I'm at because we're competitive in that. Um, I'm not saying if you drop them down, they're just going to go ahead and just dominate because, I mean, we've seen Abbeville McCormick play. We've seen McCormick and Leakinson play. And we've seen Ware Shoals and, and, and 96 and all of those teams have played with these teams. I just, you know, across the board, you know, Coach Collier and those guys, Coach Dobbins at Ware Shoals. I mean, I know these guys are ready for an even playing field. So, but I like the 5A issue for Skeeter, though. That'd be, I mean, because be. you had it the other day. Didn't you have 5A up or 4? They had 4. I mean, the 4A, <laughs> I could see some of them playing in that. I mean, seriously, because some of those 4s are tough. Yeah, well, that's with Ben Lippin right. and, and that whole group up in there, Hammond. You got Hammond Hill, yeah, that have mm-hmm. been competitive for states every year, and I think Greg would be competitive in that. They don't want to be there, though. <laughs> so, All right, so uh, the appeals committee going to be meeting uh, Friday, tomorrow, 9 o'clock. We'll uh, try to talk about it on Monday. Monday because also Monday is when they send out the final uh classifications that are there and then tuesday boy we get to also see who the regions are going to be that's going to be the fun one i mean we can say and guess all we want i mean it's going to be fun i mean how close i'm gonna ask you how close do you think greenwood and emerald are going to be as far as like regions i know one's five one's four but i think they'll both be region ones okay I really do. And, and do you think they're going columbia area you think they're going lower like North Augusta area. You know, I went through that with with Greenwood. As possibility could be in the Greenville, it could be Columbia, it could be down in the uh, uh, CSRA down there with North Augusta. Um, there's three different options that they could possibly go with because Greenwood is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, Emerald, on the other hand, uh, has a little closer 4A teams with Westside remaining at 4A uh, in that regard. I think you've got a good possibility that, that they'll end up staying there. So, um, you know, I, it's hard to say. <laughs> Where, where the committee's going to put them. They're going to look at the geographic side of it a little more than they did with uh, uh, just the classifications. Um, I think that'll become a, a bigger factor. But, uh, you know, to tell you the truth, I like the fact of Greenwood going down and taking on Lexington and White Knoll and Dutch Fork and River Bluff, um, possibly Chapin and Irmo in that regard and being part of that region. I like it too. And I was thinking about when I was thinking 4A, what are the odds that you could have a Gilbert a great collegiate and Emerald. Uh, who else would we be talking about in that area? Let's see if you have Gilbert. Well, you would have Brooklyn Casey. Yeah, Brooklyn Casey. Uh, Bishop England is down in that area. You could throw them in that one. And if they don't get it, um, Fox Creek. You also have Midland Valley, Bluffton, South Aiken, North Augusta. 
start going toward bluffing, you better be ready to play some football, buddy. <laughs> but, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was just wondering if, if it could be both. It would be CSRA or more Midland area is where they would get yeah, real high. And when you look at Emerald, too, they could – and this is a region I think they'll probably go with with, uh, with 4A. I think you're going to have um, Emerald. It'll be in there with Seneca, Pickens, Berea, Wren, and Southside. Is where I think. Maybe Daniel throwing in there for a 16. <laughs> that woke me up there, Tom Gere. <laughs> um, well, we, well, I mean, we've been in the, the Pickens and the Wren. We've been in that one before. I mean, and, and, would, but. well, and there's others, you know, other different scenarios you can throw in there. Uh, you could go West Side, um, Traveler's Rest, Lawrence, maybe Greer, Fountain Inn. That kind of makes more sense. Um, and Emerald. <laughs> That'll be six teams that are there. I was just trying to get my hands around Gray. <laughs> That's why I threw that. And Gilbert, I mean, because you, you figure if it's going to be Gray, if, if Gray is playing in that area, then Gilbert's right there because it's Lexington one also, um, and then the teams that are down in that area. But I kind of would, you know, I think the, you know, Greer, Lawrence, Westside – we're just not used to having Emerald's name in there. It's been Greenwood. It's been all these Greenwood years. each time, yeah. I think that's what's the cool thing. If I'm I'm Coach Hyde, I'm Coach DeBose, man, I'm thinking, man, we we moved on up in the world. So Yeah, it's it's hard to put Emerald into that that Columbia region. <laughs> I mean I mean the travel would be, you know, astronomical, I would think, because you got Richland Northeast, Gray, Greer, Brooklyn Casey, Lower Richland, Bishop England. I mean that that's a lot of travel. That's where we that's like some said, distance. That's where I really grew up when I was at Greenwood, man. It was Brooklyn Casey Airport, um, Midland Valley, and we did have North Augusta and Orangeburg Wolves, and we were all in that little nip, and that was when it was Big Sixteen, also. But and what well, you're right, there was a lot of travel. So you know, but the CSRA also makes sense when you look at it with Emerald taking on Gilbert, South Aiken, Midland Valley, North Augusta, Aiken, and Fox Creek. I mean, that's well, that's no, not bad. Actually, we lost Fox Creek because they're back to three. Oh, that's right? right. They went pound. They three. did win their their appeal, but I mean, yeah, I think that's pretty. I mean, as far as like, I'm not big CSR because I'm not big on the stadiums that we're talking about playing in. I, and I think about Aiken <laughs> and South Aiken when I say it, man. I mean, but but North Augusta for all. I mean, they they're it's a fun place to play. We figured out how to set up down there now, but I mean, all in all, that would be cool, and it would be. They're going to travel no matter what. I mean, Emerald's got the same amount of craziness fans that, that Greenwood does. and It's going to travel and support the players of the team. But I like CSR anyway because I already got my connections and I can gripe with and we can keep the heat going on our podcast. But um, it'll be interesting. I mean, like you said, so when we come back Monday, we'll talk about the appeal and what happened at these things. And then wouldn't you say Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, let me double check just to make sure when all that. Uh, so Thursday ends we'll up have another out. big show. Um, but the league will send out the final notifications on the twenty second, okay, which is two or Monday. So they'll have that, um, and then the classification organization meeting will take place. Um, uh, a region placement will take place on the twenty sixth. So that's what Friday, Saturday is when they'll send those out, and then uh-huh. the following week is when they'll start hearing the appeals. The, that January 29th through the February 5th era. So let me ask you, we just had our first appeals as far as like where they were put at. In classification. How many appeals do you think we're going to have on realignment itself? <laughs> I think we'll have a lot more than six. <laughs> a lot more than six. And okay. travel is going to be the main culprit between all of that. Gary will bring that one out too, even though he said it. I mean, that's what, I mean, and that's what. Here's what you got to look at, though, Tom. I mean, unless you just got one team that's just getting beat to death with expense on travel, I mean, it's all going to take care of itself anyway. I mean, that's one thing you got to look at when you're looking at the realignment anyway. You have to take that in consideration. And we joke about Coach Doolittle and then last year at Greenwood Christian, that team don't care. It's like, you know, remember when we were at Red, it was the wheels on the bus, man, and they would go anywhere and play everybody from the beach area all the way back down to Charleston, back down through Walterboro, back down through Aiken, and they didn't care. Coach Doolittle and that team went everywhere, and they played everybody. So, All right, well, let's uh, get off of the politics and get back <laughs> onto the sports side of everything because we had some big games that took place in basketball yesterday, uh, or I should say on Wednesday. Um, the Yellow Jackets uh, came into Vikings uh, territory, and, uh, ended up beating up on uh, the Emerald Vikings, 67-59 to final in this one. Um, when you look at it, uh, 
Emerald was led by Keenan Marshall, had 18 points. Caleb Brinson had 12 points. They were the two, only two in double figures in scoring. But um, you know, it, it's an uphill battle when you when when you start getting into to region play. But this is only game one. They've got another home game in the process of that. Mr. Marshall is solid, by the way. Yeah, he is solid. So we'll see there. And then the Lady Vikings uh, at Union, 69-23. They end up winning uh, that one there. Of course, uh, you know, ranked. they're not ranked as of yet, but um, it's one where if they can get through their region unscathed, they can make some noise in the playoffs. And, of course, a lot of that has to do with Anna Smith. She had a season-high 21 points. Gabby Barks had 11 to go along with that. And then uh, at 10, you also had Rye Tolbertson and Journey Williams uh, making the process there. So you had three people all double-figure scoring-wise. And playing a defense as well. I mean, like I said, it's this is going to be – the playoffs this year is going to be really – I mean, I know we're midway through the season part, but or the region part, but I, it's going to be an interesting end of the year as far as basketball. Girls and guys. As, as it keeps moving right along. I am thinking, though, that Emerald's going to make some noise here uh, in the playoffs as they can keep improving the way that they are. And they are. I mean, they played well. You remember when they played Greenwood the first couple series they played? Man, they were really competitive with Greenwood. Now it's like Greenwood's hit another twitch. And they, that switch has been turned on, and they're playing really good basketball. Well, let's talk about the Lady Eagles because they still rank number two in the state as of Tuesday afternoon. However, they fell to Pickens 36-38 to 38, uh, on Tuesday night. Um, this was one where the second quarter really got them. They only scored five points to Pickens nine, and that seemed to be the difference maker in this game um, for the most part. But, uh, you know, they end up falling. Uh, the Oliver Twins, uh, Cameron only had five. Danielle, up to her usual stuff, she had 21. Uh, Nara Carroll had seven. You also had uh, Cameron Fuller, two. And Tyreka Johnson had one to go along with it. Not their usual scoring. I got to wonder if all the sickness that's going on with the RSV and, and the flu and, and uh, you know, <laughs> that other virus we don't like to talk about, we won't mention, um, if it had a little bit of an effect on this team this time around. I think it is. I think everybody's starting to feel that, though, Tom. I mean, it's just – I think if you were to call it to Coach Child, she would she would tell you the areas where we were, you know, deficient in and, and the areas that we were better in. I mean, you know, this is a team we know a lot of their points come off turnovers and off their defensive play. And, I mean, um, I didn't see the stats for, like, free throws and stuff like that. I don't know if he came down to that or not. But, um, you know, really good defensive team. And they, they that's where a lot of points come off of. Mm-hmm. And that's just coach style. I mean, coach style, style of play. We know where all that came from. So, um, could it be the fact, though, that maybe they got caught looking at that record maybe, looking at that rank and went into a, against a Pickens team and just said, you know, and you can't do that. when you when, That was a away game, right? Or was that home? Um, yeah, that was at Pickens. You 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 got to throw that out the window, man, because you got to win. You got to hold your home, as Stanley say. You got to hold your home. But when you go on the road and you're in a close game like that right there, you got to pick up a win when you're within a point or two. And I'm sure it was a, a disappointing loss, but they talked about it. They're ready to go Friday tomorrow. So, you know, it's three point difference that is there. Greenwood outscored them by one in the first, um, by one in the third, and they were dead even in the fourth. So, uh, with that. You know, that second quarter. Slow start. Yeah, yeah real slow. Go along with it coming out of that uh, first quarter. All right, guys, uh, what did the men do on the road? Well, they went up there and they took care of business. 74-56, a big win for them. They defeated Pickens and, more importantly, picked up the region win. Uh, Jeremiah Brooks, 23 points. Jay Duncan, 13. Um, the only two in double figures to go along with that. Uh, more importantly, though, they moved to 13-3 and three overall. At what point uh, are the Greenwood men going to start being ranked here? Now, they're in the honorable mention group, but uh, – not in that top ten just yet. I think Coach Craig's happy with honorable mentions um, with, with the region we play in and stuff. And, I, you know, here's the thing, Tom. You can sit there and just look at records. And we were just talking about CSRA. I mean, there was a team that had won it last year. And they have started so slow. And they're not coming back from where they're at now. Yeah, North Augusta's struggling. They have just – I don't know if they lost a player or two off of that team. Uh, but they don't even look like the same basketball team. They're not even really even competitive right now. So, I think Coach Greg's okay with it because we had some guys playing different roles this year on that team. And I think they started coming – Jay Davis sounds like he's really found his role with that team. Um, and Tristan's been playing pretty well. And, I mean, it's – I think he's happy with it. I, you know, you start throwing the rankings in, and you don't be really ranking until the end of the year. That's the only time I ever wanted to be ranked. <laughs> when you get that last. You, don't, you get ranked, all of a sudden you get a target on your back. You do, and happens. I mean, I, I think it's also the fact that a lot of times you get a little complacent and you look at that rank. 
Um, and I'm not saying that's what happened to the girls when they got that number two rating, but I know that's what's happened in North Augusta. I mean, they, they saw that number one for the year, and I mean, they're like, hmm. And they haven't played up to it. And that's the thing. You get to where you look at that ranking. And if you coach Craig, you say, okay, you wanted number one. You keep number one or we'll lose it. They'll take it from like, you know, I think I posted uh, how hard it is to be a ranked team in college this year. You know, last weekend, what was it? It was a record. Um, I think everyone in the top 25 teams got beat at least one game last week. Never been done in the NCAA before until last week. And, I mean, it's just hard to hold that rank when you got the target, like you said. So, I think Coach Craig's fine with it. I mean, like I said, sooner rather than later, like McCormick, we always talk about where, why aren't they ranked? They finally got that ranking. But I think right now Coach Craig says, all right, Tom, Chris, y'all lay off of me right now. We'll, we'll take the <laughs> ranking when, he, when it's time. When it comes around. Greenwood going to be on the road uh, all this week tomorrow. Uh, 7.30 matchup for the guys. Uh, I think it's a 5 o'clock matchup for the ladies. Um, they're going to be uh, on the road going up to Berea. Oh. In the process, and we've been been, been there. there once. <laughs> tough place to find. Some tough place to find. Yeah, it's rough, it's particularly if you got to go in the back road in order to get to the football <laughs> stadium. Gee whiz! Um, but should be fun. Uh, hopefully, both those teams will come up with a win there. Greenwood should win that one. I would think fairly easily. I think Maria's um, a little bit lower lower skill set level with, as far as ranking our records go. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they're against the road game, Thomas. You got to be ready to play. That's true. And then also I uh, need to make mention that Emerald High School is having their Athletic Booster Club Outback Dinner Fundraiser. That is coming up. Um, uh, if you need more details, go to emeraldathletics.com. I believe tickets are $25. That includes a steak or chicken dinner, a choice of potato or vegetables, and a drink. Uh, available to athletes, parents, stakeholders, fans, anyone that helps support the Emerald High School Athletic uh, is greatly appreciated if you end up going there and, and helping them out and get the word out. You can purchase tickets, as I said, go to emeraldathletics.com. Um, your phone will also be your ticket. Uh, you can kind of scan the, over at Emerald one of the little QR codes that they have that are there. But uh, that's March 29th at uh, Outback Steakhouse here in Greenwood, getting involved with the community. Is it awesome, man? Well, we, we know how we're getting involved with the schools as well. So it's, it's a good time. And like you say, man, if you're a part of Emerald anyway, you're sounding the horn already. So keep it going. <laughs> All right. And then finally, uh, we do it every Thursday, and that is the coaching search. Has it continued? Hadn't been any action the last three weeks. No action this week whatsoever as well. Bishop England is still looking for a coach. Gilbert's looking. Great Collegiate is looking. So is Great Falls. Lawrence, uh, now that's a different story because we, we'll we get into the Lawrence aspect here in just a second. Lugoff Elgin is looking for a coach. you got St. John's, Swansea, Union County, and Wilson, who was one of the first ones in the coaching search all looking for coaches as of right now. But there's been a lot of talk over the last two weeks about this Lawrence job. Um, we've got some janitors saying that they saw Greg Porter at Lawrence High School along with uh, Adams Dean and some other coaches that are going through the interview process. Uh, so I'm saying maybe a week or two here. They'll go through second and third interviews. We may find out who the new coach is over at Lawrence. Something's going on. Something's happening. Something's going on because, like I said, it's usually when you get a Greg Porter sighting. And, you know, we joked about it at the time. I was like, why would he want to leave where he's at now? But if you think about it, now it's perfect time. He's a, he's a five- to six-year man, and it's been five years. Not only that, but this team, he's pretty much – his players are gone. I mean, all of those studs that he had at quarterback, running back, linemen, Lyman. they're gone. They, they're all and, – and he's done it the right way because they all have D1 offers. I mean, they're all going – luckily, at Carolina, we're getting several of the linemen. And, I mean, we're getting a receiver. I mean, y'all are getting a lineman. I mean, so it's it's been spread out through the through the uh, through the lake or well, we can't call it Lakeland, but through South Carolina with what he's doing, and he's done a decent job in Greenville. But there again, we still ask that question: I mean, how's he going to go to Lawrence and get away with doing what he got away with at Greenville? So. <laughs> I don't, I'm still pulling for Coach Dean. Well, if that's the case, you may be in that region with Emerald, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll, you know we'll see if if uh, the uh, shall we say the tampering? Let's just call it tampering. If that ends up being a, an effect instead of recruiting, it's it's more of a tampering thing now. That's a new word across the CAA <laughs> right now. Tampering. So I was going to say, you were talking about there wasn't no job searches going on, man. Shoot, I think NFL and college are going crazy right oh, now. Oh, good night. So, but yeah, that's that's my favorite segment, and and. I think I asked you last week, is this not Wilson's third year in a row that they're trying to find a coach? Or second year? It's second year in three years. Okay. Second time in three years. Okay. I was thinking that first guy didn't even have a chance. They just let him go after <laughs> his first year. But um, And, you know, there again, I think like that job kind of relates to the school's playing down there. 
I mean, Wilson's in there with uh, what South Lawrence, West mm. Lawrence, or whatever. And I mean, that's pretty. The PD is pretty competitive, Tom. It's it's not weak as a lot of people like to say. It's not. PD region is pretty pretty tough sledding for football. Because uh, you know a little bit about PD. A bit. I know a little bit about the PD area with Chesterfield and Shaw, Marlboro County, that group, uh, you know, all involved in there. Um, and they're making a comeback, believe it or not. So Shaw uh, was strong this year. We'll see if they can continue on. Um, but let's talk about American Legion Post 20 baseball here for a second. Excuse me. There are a lot of things that are going on that uh, we don't know about here during the offseason. And one of that is registration as of right now. So you can end up going uh, to the American Legion Greenwood Post 20 Baseball Facebook page. And if you scroll down, you'll see the registration 2024 player registration for the American Legion Baseball. You just click on that uh, and then you fill out the form. And that will go automatically over to uh, Ty Vines and Coach Ryan Stacks. And it will give you all the details on uh, you know when trying tryouts are and things of that nature because they're going to be happening here what beginning of may yeah. roughly this, this is going to be a fun year tom carroll we can go ahead and call it it's going to be a fun year at, at post 20 girls and guys let's just say that but i i'm i'm excited really excited about coach slack coming in and you know knowing coach slack as it is but it's gonna be exciting and it's gonna be fun times and you know when we needed post 20 back a couple years ago during that disease we don't want to talk about um that was the one that really brought it back and got people out and doing, getting out in the public again and going to games. And I mean, it's one of the cheapest kinds of entertainment you can have for a family of four. It's taking them to a Legion game, getting a hot dog, and, and enjoying a great atmosphere. And I, the, I love the changes that have been made at Nave that, that they've done over the past couple of years. There's more this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like each year you got a whole new thing going on at Nave Stadium out there, and, and Ty Vines is doing a wonderful job. So what I like is the fact that uh, you can go out there and basically you're seeing an all-star game from teams in and around the Lakelands, including Abbeville. Um, you're looking at Saluda. We've had some guys from BHP come up in the past. Now they're going uh, down to the Aiken because they're in that region. But you have guys from Lawrence, Greenwood, Emerald, Dixie, uh, Ware Shoals. It's like a who's who. We would have had a who's who if Aiken didn't have a team because, you know, Edgefield had that team forever, and I think that's where that team went. But, yeah. um, like I said, when I was in school, man, it wasn't that wasn't even an option. I, mean, I wasn't playing no Legion. I was going to go to beach and be a lifeguard and <laughs> do all those things. But that was different. I mean, so if you got a kid ready to play, man, let them go, and they're going to enjoy it. They're going to learn a lot. They're already familiar with a lot of the coaches around here with Spikes and the other the other leagues that they already have set up around yeah. here. So The other thing with this is you're looking at over 80 years of consecutive baseball yeah. that, that post-20 has put together in and out, uh, you know, year after year to go along with that. And they're one of the only teams that actually buses as a team. They take vans as a yeah. team up there. You, a lot of times you go to these games, you'll see the other team arrive in like 30, 40 different cars. I want, I'm going to put a pressure on, Co on Coach Vines, but you know how we had the thing at the theater with all the years of Greenwood football? Mm -hmm. I'd like to see the years that the Legion existed in here and the players we had come through and just illustrate it like that. I'm not saying you got to use the little theater, but just do something like that. Or use the, the museum for that matter. Yeah, I mean, that's what I meant was the museum. Because I enjoyed the, the thing at the high school we coached Bab. And we know there's been a ton of players come through Greenwood to play Legion ball that went on. I mean, um, the list is crazy. The manager just what, Dusty Baker. Mm -hmm. For one, that was a name that came through American Legion. And a lot of Braves came through here. Back in the day, so so it should be fun. But uh, like I say, as uh, you get started uh, with your kids, and now they've got juniors as well. So uh, you know, don't worry about if they don't have room for you. They've got three junior teams, also varsity uh, baseball team that goes out there, and women's softball. If you're interested in softball, take the and fill out the same form. There's going to be a tough softball team on the girls' side. I'm going to tell you because they lost last year and they ain't used to that. <laughs> I know T. Timberland and the guys, they're going to they're gonna have them ready to play it this year. They're going to bring it back home. Should be fun. We're in Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. We invite you to come on by. Nick has already brought in all of his equipment, and he's got all the pedals and the guitar that's ready to go. And Let we're waiting on Grayson <laughs> to get here as well. So some great entertainment going to be coming up here tonight as well as tomorrow and Saturday. This is one of the best places that you can hear live entertainment is here at Cor uh, with Harlow Corley on Howard's food. on Main. The venue's incredible, as we know. But, um, yeah, they, they, like you said, come 5, 6 o'clock, it'll be packed. Going to be fun. Well, let's dive into the college aspect. There's a lot of different college brands. We'll start with the local colleges first. Uh, we may mention that Erskine uh, – 
you know, lost a heartbreaker last week and that they were going to have to play their best basketball in order to beat one of the number one teams in uh, conference, uh, Carol, or, uh, yeah, Carolina, um, and that being Emmanuel and Emmanuel, Georgia. And they almost did it. Uh, when you look at the ladies, 56-49, they end up with a loss in this one, but a, a heartbreaker loss if you want to look at it that way. But Isaiah Cook, another big night for her, 24 points overall. She is definitely playing, and like I said, I imagine she had probably many steals if she had points. But it's one of those games, Tom. You know it's a road game, and you know they're ranked. So, I mean, you get up for that aspect of it, and to come away with a, a game like that, had that game had been an Erskine, it would have been definitely a different way around. They'd have won that game. But um, all in all, to go down there and not sure what you, how you're going to play, they played really well. And then the only other one that was in double figures was uh, Abney Wilson. Uh, she ended up with 11 points, uh, one three-pointer in the process of all that, played about 17 minutes. And, and so. a younger player just starting to show her own. Mm-hmm. So. so fun in that one. Um, as far as blocks, uh, Shanice Mitchell had a block. Also, Arika Moore ended up with a block on this one. Four players ended up with steals uh, in the piece in that one. And uh, Zaya Cook also led in rebound. She had seven on the night. I was thinking it was assists she had. It was rebounds. <laughs> I, I gave her a, a stat too many, but that's all right because she's playing really good basketball. She is. The guys uh, lost by ten, and this is one that we were saying that you know this can either be a blowout or it's going to be a close game, and it was fairly close. Uh, and just the the comeback just started too late is when it ended up happening. They end up losing here, sixty-five to seventy-five over Emmanuel. Um, they remain at three and eleven overall. Owen say seven in conference, Carolina. Um, Emmanuel goes to 15 and 4, 7 and 1 in conference play to go along with this one. But uh, Moses Cheeks, gosh, he and Darian Parker, 14 points apiece. Parker also had five rebounds to go along with that. Um, and what else did Parker do? He had two block shots. Moses Creek had two steals as well uh, for the Flying Fleet. I think he got in foul trouble, Tom. I know he had the blocks, but I think he got in foul trouble, and that was one of the things he had to kind of sit him a little bit in that second half so he wouldn't foul out of that game. But, I mean, that's, that's a solid game, and you got to ask you, you got to decide. If you're going to be competitive in, the, in the, the first half and the second half, with your players, if they do get in foul trouble, do you continue to let him play? In a situation like that, where we're 3-10, and 10, I might leave him in a game, and if he does foul out, then we're going to get the best we can out of our player. But I think that was one thing I read. I think that he did get in foul trouble, and that's something that he hasn't done all year. So they kind of had to play from that and play a couple other players that didn't get a lot of playing time. All right, uh, moving on to Lander. Um, they went to North Georgia, and I, I said this on Tuesday. I said that, you know, North Georgia typically plays Lander extremely tough, particularly yeah. on the ladies' side this time around. Well, Goodness gracious, Bearcats, Lady Bearcats go down there and they just don't dominate. 71-48 the final in this one. Really the second quarter, the story, they ended up outscoring North Georgia 21-6 in that one. North Georgia did outscore them in the third quarter 17-12, but that wasn't enough to overcome the deficit that was already set there going into halftime. But they used a 26-6 run to just blow out their rival. Tom Kier, are we starting to see the turn of the ladies game since Coach Peterson left? We're starting to see that same little approach to winning games that we're that we saw with him. Mm-hmm. I think we're starting to see that with the, with the coach now. I think that's that's exactly what they're doing, and I, I'm loving it, man. Where's you, which one's your new Syracuse? Did you ever tell me? <laughs> I, I haven't found one as of yet because they cut coming off the bench, um, and you got you know somebody that just steps up every single time around. So, um, but you got to love what what. Uh, uh, what Kira Johnson Kelly has been able to do. I mean, she played 32 minutes on the night, um, ended up with 18 points. You got uh, Taya Gordon, probably my new Sarah Cruz, yep. is the one that I like. She had 15 points on the night, also picked up six rebounds to go along with that. So, big girl uh, down there inside. And then you've got uh, Quadisha uh, Langley, uh, played 29 minutes on the night. She had 13 points, three steals. Um, you know, also had uh, two rebounds to go along with it, but it is is more of a factor on the offensive side. And that team lost a lot off last year's team, Tom, and they really did. Uh, so new group of cast of characters, and you're starting to get them, see them playing together. And this is what you expect this time of year, and I think this is another team that come tournament time, you better look out. Yeah, particularly right now. You know their record in the Beach Belt Conference for the Lady Bearcats? Uh, I looked at it last week. Okay. Five and oh. <laughs> And that, that's what you want. I'm talking about rebounding, uh, rebounding off of, you know, losing a lot of players. That's pretty solid at five and zero. So keep going. And like I said, I think it's just the fact that 
this is the way that we're used to landing their bear cow ladies playing, and they're starting to turn around just like the men. Yeah. Also, I didn't know the 26 turnovers that the Liberty Cats ended up causing, and that's probably the big reason for the, the points in the paint and, the, and points off turnovers uh, when you look at all that. But just a big night for the ladies. Uh, guys, uh, they had a little tougher test, 78-60, but they did it with three-pointers. That was uh, their key as the number 17-ranked Lander Bearcats went on a three-point rampage, as they like to say, on the uh, Lander website. But they improved to 13-2, 5-0 in the Beach Belt Conference as well. This is their sixth victory in a row. I need to try to get in touch with Coach Omar and see uh, how, how he's – because I, I just said it with the girls' side of it. I think now we're starting to see that, that Omar – he can he can recruit and he can play time and he's finally got a set of players in there. I mean, we knew the the, the usual players, Noah Dunn, um, and the rest of the crowd. We we've known them for a couple of years. Cooper's there. I mean, and believe it or not, Noah Dunn wasn't uh, in double figures this time around. I mean, North Georgia tried to take them out of it, and uh, some folks had to step up. Uh, Legacy. Probably the biggest on the night. He had 19 points, kind of stepping in that role. Philip Burwell, I haven't heard his name a lot. Yeah. 15 points, six rebounds. That helped out tremendously. Um, had four assists also to go along with that. So stepping in there in that uh, guard role. That boxing want to kill you, and it killed him in that game. I mean, it's okay to concentrate on lead score of a team, man, but you got to realize that other guys will step up to the plate. And they weren't ready. And like I said, I, I'm impressed with what Coach is doing on both sides, women and men's at Lander. Here's another stat for you. Um, overall, uh, hitting three-pointers for the total of the game, they were at 43%. Oh, wow. When's the last time you heard that? That's a while. And I'll actually – That's well above the average. And then uh, free throw-wise, we knew they'd be in that 60 to 70 range. They were 67% there. And field goal percentage, they were 42. So, just a great night shooting. It was a great night. That's one thing I never ever understood. If, if, if a guy can shoot, stand out there and shoot a three, and then he's like five for – 0-5 for the line. That, that makes no sense to me. You're getting a free <laughs> shot at a basket, and you can't hit that, but you can hit a guy with four guys in your face on a three-pointer. But um, all in all, man, that's what you want. I mean, step up. these are teams, the last two games that they played, um, Columbus State and then them, those are the two teams that you usually compete with when it comes to men's and women's basketball. Throw Young Harrison there. Um, and, uh, and Augusta. And Augusta. And I hadn't seen a lot about them. I, I I, d I did see something on the CSRA site. Augusta lost one of their star players to an injury. Uh, I think it was Tuesday night. So that's going to kind of recycle about that. Who's going to take that young lady's spot? And I think it was a pretty serious injury. So. Just going to go down another rabbit hole with this. You've seen uh, the news about the TCU ladies having to go ahead yes. and forfeit a couple of games due to the fact they didn't have enough players to, f to, to make a team. Well, and there again, man, hey – you're appealing something, man. Bring that out. <laughs> Not have enough players. I, we, we're going to talk about that in a minute because I, I, I told you about something that, that I checked, I looked up on that the prince said something about. But um, that, in a way, it's a, it's sad though, Tom, because that's what injuries they do that to you because you fill the team thinking you got enough players and then you don't. So that's tough. Tough one to handle. You almost want to call the ones that you cut that are still in school and say, please come back. But, well, they're having tryouts yeah. um, over the course of these next this next week or two in order to hopefully field the team because there's some players that aren't coming back for injury for another three, four weeks. And this is a team that was fairly competitive. Mm -hmm. It's not like they were just midway through. the. They were competitive with the Baylor <laughs> girls all the time. That's a team that's been pretty good. In, but I think that's the first time there. I've seen it at the Division One level, yeah. something like that happen. Well, you, you see in other sports, I mean, we sit in baseball all the time because you're talking about, you know, so many players on the field. Surprised you don't see it more in football, to be honest with you. All right. Well, let's talk about the rambling wreck because they absolutely uh, – well, Clemson did it. You know what? I'm just going to say it. Clemson lost this game. Georgia Tech didn't beat them. Clemson ended up losing this game in – and I'm going to say in the regular season – in the uh, regulation. Before overtime. Yeah. Yep, before the two overtimes ended up coming up. But um, when you look at it overall – 93-90, two overtime, a big loss. P.J. Hall had 30 points to go along with this. And P.J. Hall has done a good job of staying out of foul trouble as well. And I credit the team for that, for being able to go out and guard on the three-point line. However, that you know, with a minute 33, P.J. Hall picks up his first foul. All right. Um, going out there to block uh, a three-point shot um, in the process of that. And then from then on, the rambling wreck with two timeouts, Ended up just performing miracles. They were down seven 
ended up tying it up uh, with, what, two seconds remaining? And then, um, you know, I think Clemson kind of succeeded in, in regulation at that point. And then they come back, and same thing in the first overtime, and then they just had no gas left in that second overtime. I, I, like I said, I watched this. I want to watch it twice. I'll probably go back and watch it later on in the week. But I think you're starting to see a turnaround of a, a new coach at Tech that, that we grew up watching or I grew up watching. But, I mean, you know, Damon Stylemeyer has been a great – was a great player, and I'm starting to see that with the way he played – you know, offense and defense. You're starting to see that with his players. I'm not so I'm not so inclined to say Clemson lost the game. I mean, yeah, they blew a big lead, what four times? But but you're up seven I'm, with a minute thirty three to go. Make your three throws. You'd be fine. Yeah, but I'm telling you, man, he rose step up to the plate, and in this case, in two freshmen for Georgia Tech. You know, Nathan George twenty. Had six assists, and you, Miles Kelly's the star of that team. He only had 14 points. So, Shefflin held it, did his job. Here's a stat I want you to look at, and this is when, if I hadn't watched the game, I'd have looked at B-Rad and said, you know, we did Clemson lost this game. Listen to the stat line. Shefflin, 20, 15, and 4. P.J. Hall, 31, 17, and 1. Chase Hunter, 18, 2, and 1. Gerard, 11, 2, and 2. And Godfrey, 8, 1, and 1. You got four guys in double figures on that team. And it goes overtime, and I mean, <laughs> Georgia takes the sleepwalker this year, and they haven't won a game like this year, and that's why Coach Salomar ran all over the court like he'd won a national championship. But I'm telling you, now what you've seen is there's two guys that Georgia Tech's got to take the freshman off of now that they're not going to be the red shirt, and that's Nathan George who hit the threes you were talking about, and Baye Indongo who was 11, 10, and one. Um, that kid is the one that that I would say beat Clemson. Because when you missed the three, he rebounded and threw it right back out to George to shoot the three. Um, it, one of the more exciting games I've watched in a couple of years in basketball. You just had to be at your house and you lost. I mean, <laughs> I can't. I can't so was that Georgia Tech? Oh, that's right. It was. A, no one. It was at Little John. Was it? I yeah. thought it was at Georgia Tech. I think it was at Little John. I'm pretty sure. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure that the Clemson, they stole that. <laughs> You're right, it was. They stole, they stole the DOT uniforms again so, for all the orange and yellow that they had on. But, yeah, it's a tough loss at home, but it's one you, you can learn from. I mean, at least you're in a game. And, I mean, to lose it, I mean, I, you know, tough game to lose. But, I mean, that, it shows that you're competitive to even be in that game. But, yeah, you're right. I guess with three minutes left and you're up by seven, you should hold your lead. But, you know, give them credit. I mean, they follow the right time, put you on the line at the right time, and they just didn't give you the threes like they needed that you need to hit. I mean, they were willing to let you shoot them. And the thing is, is Clemson did guard the three better than they have in the past. And you said it best. It's just circus shots. They, they were. They, that was more like a street ball game than, than a regular basketball game. Because I'm telling you, that Nathan, that, that George kid, man, he shot one up. I thought it was Michi Johnson for a minute. <laughs> But, you know, the, here, here was the key to the turnaround. You were talking about how well P.J. had played out of foul trouble. That first foul is what really started this. When he mm-hmm. fouled a guy on the three and he made it, and I put him in the <laughs> – that was the circus shot because he, had, he knew he was going to get fouled. He had no idea that shot was going to go in. I mean, it, it was almost like a Harlem Globe sh- <laughs> trotter shot. But, anyway, it's a loss. Brownell's got to – you know, you got to come back from it. I mean, Georgia takes eight and eight. I mean, Clemson goes, what, to 12 and six now, 12 and five? 12 and five, yeah. So, I mean, you got to get it back together. And, and But all in all, scoring-wise, you're doing fine. I mean, all right. Well, here's what Brad Brunell had to say in his post-game uh, interview after their, uh, the double overtime loss. Um, congrats to Georgia Tech. That's, that's a great win. Um, it was a uh, – I would say heck of a basketball game. Um, and they made some incredibly timely shots at the end of the game. Um, multiple threes um, with their back against the wall. And that you know, got it, gave them the opportunity to win the game. We uh, we just didn't quite close it out. Uh, hate, hate it for my guys. Uh, thought we poured a lot into it. Uh, had good prep. Um, I thought... You know, we guarded them very well for a while, a long while. Um, they've been very dynamic here offensively uh, recently. They were outstanding against Duke. Um, but obviously, when you look at the stats, the, the easy thing to, to look at again is, you know, we're three for 21 maybe from three, and they're 15 for 35 and 12 three differences, just 36 points is a lot to overcome. Um, so, 
you know, we just got to hang in here. Um, we got off to the great start this year. We were stumbled here a little bit, but uh, there's still room to, to get it figured out. All right, so here you have Brad Brunell and his comments. He, he almost seems totally stunned by this because Clemson basically led from the get-go in this game. But it's like he said, Tom. He said every time Clemson go down, they take the lead. Georgia Tech would turn around and hit some crazy shot that shouldn't even be thrown up. I mean, it was like they were not going to be denied, and they didn't care where they shot from. And, I mean, they – it, look, we talked about it the other day. It's tough to overcome 36 points from three-point line if you're not hitting yours. That's tough. And that's basically what he, he alluded it to. I mean, I'm a little bit more inclined to kind of be like you that maybe if you take it down a little bit more and cut your threes down that you had. I didn't see anybody really crazy. I mean, P.J. Hall 11 for 23. Mm-hmm. That's not 50%. But, and then Shefflin was 7 out of 10, which is incredible. Um, but I was impressed with the free throw shooting that they had. I mean, shot pretty good from the field. Overall, it's just what they did was just a little more dynamic. Um, how many games have you scored in 90 this year at Clemson? Have we scored in 90? It's uh, f- maybe I would say three, s- five, well, I would, three to five somewhere. Be right. How many games has Clemson <laughs> scored 90 this year? Do you know right off the bat? Were you at the game? That's correct, man. I'm telling you. Let That's me, why they lost. Let me get Brown Hill back on this phone, man. <laughs> but anyway – it's a Georgia Tech team that pushes you, and they put the points on the board, and you got to hang with them. That'll help you come tournament time. That loss, yeah, it hurts at home, but that will help you tournament time. And I'm telling you right now, Georgia Tech with the new coach, with, with Damon Stylemeyer, that's going to change the whole dynamic in Atlanta. They're going to give a lot of teams. That puts, that puts your North Carolina, your Virginias, and, and those, those teams like, dude, that puts you on notice now. Well, and you also made mention that George has foregone his uh, red shirt now. Yeah, so. I mean, you lost him and Baye and Nago. I mean, those were the two they were counting on. His <laughs> red shirt and me, and now they're going to, I mean, like I said, both of them in double figures, both of them high rebounds. So. Bet they start next game. <laughs> oh, I guarantee you they start next game. He's probably going to say, I wish I'd have played them sooner than later. But. All and, right. And same thing happened in Columbia, man. I can't say anything different. Yeah, Columbia, Gamecocks, uh, they were in a battle. And this was a game of runs because um, I was flipping back and forth between the two. And this was a game of runs for South Carolina. And they'd go up, uh, you know, 7-9. All of a sudden, you turn around, Georgia would be up by 7 or 9. And it was just big runs. Um, the fact that it happened uh, down there in Columbia, um, you know, you thought the Gamecocks would have a little bit of an advantage uh, but it ends up end up being a 74-69 loss in this regard. And, and you know, really, Georgia kind of matched them in the last three minutes here point for point. It's a game. I mean, we're, you know, we're talking about a lot of us getting out still like to say we're leading the SEC or whatever. But we were up there. I mean, I don't think many of us saw us coming being 14-3 right now to, as the season was starting after what happened last year. But this is a really good Georgia team. They had just beaten a really good Tennessee team. And I mean, you know, they're they're thirteen and four, we're fourteen and three. I mean, they it's a tough loss at home. I'll just say that, like it was for Clemson. Mm-hmm. I'm really impressed with BJ Mack. Like I said, six, you know, sixteen and five. I mean, Michi Johnson kind of got back on track, except for the threes, Tom. He was four for seven, which is fifty percent, a little over fifty percent. But um, he was six out of eleven in total free and just field goal. Um, and then 0 for 4 from the line, and that hurts you. And uh, 0 for 4 <laughs> from the line. Jacoby Wright, man, has come out of nowhere. Won the game at Missouri with the with the the little floater shot at the end of overtime. Um, he's seven at seven and one, and then he was 0 for 4 from the line too. But Taylon Cooper, eight points, six rebounds, three assists. Our boy Colin Murray Boyles. I'm, I'm telling you, man, this guy's got to get to the starting lineup. Sooner or later, because he was eight, six, and two. Also, I mean, when you got guys out there just putting, you know, eight points in, those two are only two points away from double double. And right now, we're relying on Michi and and BJ Mack, and they're coming through. But on the other side, Georgia, who did I talk about? You know, Jabri Abdul Rahim. I mean, eleven eight. We held him down on the double doubles. You know, he had like four straight yeah. double doubles. Held him down, but we didn't. We didn't think about you know Silas Demery, who's a freshman. Uh, Russell Chekwa. Is that how you say it? Sounds good to me. Check why? T-A-C-W-A. So, I don't know. He had nine points. And then, you know, R.J. Melendez, who's another freshman, 12 points, two rebounds. Justin Hill, really young bas- – a lot younger basketball team than Gamecocks. And they come into CLA and they get a win. This is the kind of game they play at Stedman, which is their home 
on gymnasium. Um, so I, I'm not really looking forward to when we go down there. Because, I mean, these <laughs> well, Hopefully there will be a better turnout on the line because that's where it was lost, as you may mention, 25-17. to 17, Georgia hit more um, than the Gamecocks did, and that was basically the difference in the game. And, and I think Coach – Oh, you got it, don't you? Although I hadn't heard the interview yet, but I'm sure he's going to say something. He's going to be down about um, maybe three-point percentage on shots we were taking. But I think free throws and the other, we got to improve on the free throws. We were we were putrid. All right, here's Lamont Paris after the ball game against Georgia last Tuesday night. And play great. I don't want to take anything away from Georgia. They have a good team. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, but we also we didn't play great. We didn't we didn't deserve to be where we were in the game down the stretch, to be 100% honest with you. We gave 17 second-chance points. <clears throat> we go 17 for 32 from the free-throw line. Uh, we send them to the free-throw line just as many or more times. Uh, a litany of just lack of discipline-type plays it just was there for us. And then you throw on top of that, we just didn't perform very well either. And so it just – we were – this would have been – I think the the heavens and earth and everything, the sky would have opened up if we would have somehow won this game because we just really didn't – we shouldn't have been in position to have a chance to win this game based on how we played. Um, for whatever reason, just we had a lot of guys that just didn't have it, didn't have it going. Um, and then, which happens from time to time, these are young guys, it's a long season play a lot of games, uh, but it, it shouldn't affect some of the mental things, some of the, some of the rules that we violated defensively, as well as the fact that uh, we just didn't compete on the, on the defensive glass the way that we obviously have in the past. We play Mississippi State in here, who's, who's most people would say is one of the better rebounding teams in our league, and we do a good job with them. So um, I don't know what to attribute that to, but uh, anyway. <laughs> there you have Lamont Paris, and he's kind of speechless as well. Uh, not sure, he, you know, this is his team and, and, and how to describe how they played Tuesday night. Tom, all year long, the one thing that I have praised and praised and praised this team on and Coach Paris is the fact of how they shoot free throws. They, they shoot very well in there. You know, they're, I had to look it up because, I mean, this is by far our worst free throw game. I was 40, what, 48, 49% from the field, 16 for 32. That's awful. Putrid, I think, is what I just said, but um, that's awful. And to go back and look, and we're we're averaging right at we're we're about seventy seven to seventy eight percent from the line on the year. I don't know what happens in that aspect. Maybe guys that didn't get a lot of free throws. Uh, you really don't want Jacoby Wright shooting free throws. He was over four, but there again, it's just one of those games that you think you should win. Um, and he's right. Mississippi State comes in and they pound the board and get a lot of easy looks, and 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 we don't seem to have a trouble with them. And then here comes the Georgia team. It's just they're just smoke hot. Let's call it what it is. It's a hot basketball team. Um, had just come in, like I said, to beat Tennessee, who just to beat Florida. Um, so all in all, you you just like Clemson, you got to regroup, and you're going to have a game Saturday. You better be ready to play it. And it's more than likely. I think we're both probably on the road this weekend. I think. Uh, I believe so. the Gamecocks go to Kentucky. Yes. <laughs> Okay, that's a, that'll be actually like, yeah. They'll play Arkansas Saturday afternoon. I'm sorry, Bulldogs will play Kentucky. Musselman, um, which is a, another coach I, that at Arkansas, I love watching coach the game. I mean, he gets he gets into it. He might lose a shirt in the game. Who knows what happens? But um, <laughs> it's a game. They're getting a little rocky. You know, they were hit with the the snow plows and stuff on. Uh, Monday, and I mean, and there's another storm coming right coming. behind that. So we, we may be lucky to get there. If they're not already there now, they probably will. <laughs> but all in all, it's got you know two tough games that we got to get ready for in Arkansas and Kentucky. And now I think when you show your true grit as a coach and as a team, I would say if you can split that, you've done well. If you can split one of the two, get them, get them both. That I'd like to nice. get them both. I'm just saying I don't want uh, <laughs> consensus would say we lose them both. But uh, I'm gonna say let's split because um, we know how we play it. At, um, in Kentucky. so uh, But we, we need to hit, get the one in Fayetteville or Little Rock, wherever it is. All right, good deal. Um, I want to wish my Gators best of luck. They're getting ready now for the uh, uh, 
conference championship that's going to be up there in Rock Hill okay. at the Palmetto Aquatic Center. So swimming-wise, uh, best of luck to the Gators as they head on up that way. Um, from what I understand, they got a, a, a good chance with the with the guys this time around. So hopefully they'll make some some big times and and score some big points. Well, you know, seriously, because I don't know. I mean, I can I swim, but I mean, you know all about the thing. We we should do a podcast with when they do stuff. I'd like to learn a little bit more about the swimming aspect than the Olympic sports as it that you know a lot more about than I do. But we talk about it. I mean, and this swimming is, is not uh, a, a a spectator friendly sport. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not. We're not trying to go out there and call a <laughs> call a match or an event or anything like that because it'd definitely be you doing something like that. But I mean, I you know I've been to the, I've been to the Civic Center when they were doing stuff like that. But I'm thinking mainly I'm just wanting to get out to one of these complexes so that we can take videos and pictures and get it back to the mayor here and say we need one of these complexes in Greenwood to make some money for oh, for these teams. Wouldn't that be sweet? It would make money too. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for another uh, fine week of podcasting here from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. I invite you to come on by, see Howard and his great staff. Clyde is, um, from what I understand, always here now. So you'll get to meet the legend himself in the process. B-Ran has the coldest beer in town. He gets here roughly around 3.30 or so if you want to check in. And then the live entertainment tonight. Come on by and see the good folks with uh, Nick and Grayson. Sounds good, man. Good football games this weekend in NFL. So check it out. Yeah, we got. You're wanting to see the Arrowhead uh, go down as they head on the road for the first time in the playoffs under the uh, Mahomes era. First time Mahomes has ever played away from Arrowhead Stadium, and I think, I mean, it's cold. It's cold in Buffalo. It's cold in Kansas City. It's just you're not at home, and that matters. So, and then my Lions, my new Lions. I mean, they are home against Tampa Bay. So. Yeah, but that's in a dome, right? It is a dome. I wish I wish they'd do away with the ones in the cold weather play. I like to see the outside. Would you been one of the ones out there volunteering to shovel? You know I would. Man, it was, <laughs> I you y'all would. were cold at Northwestern. I was out there with my shorts on, man. <laughs> Toboggan game. All right, enjoy the games this weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Give you all the heads up about what happened with Abbeville if you haven't heard already and the details as they go to the appellate committee and uh, voice their grievances there in order to hopefully get back down to 1A. I wish you well. All right. Hey, it's Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys.